Hello, and welcome to Michael's Record Collection, episode number 23. In this episode, I'm talking to Jack Russell. You may know him as the lead singer from Great White. Well, now he's the lead singer from Jack Russell's Great White. Yep, there are two versions of that band roaming around our world. And uh, I've got the original guy, the lead singer, the voice of Great White, Jack Russell. Jack and his band are just about to release a brand new tribute album called Great Zeppelin 2, a tribute to Led Zeppelin. Great White originally put out a Great Zeppelin album in 1998. Well, it's more than 20 years later now. And Jack Russell's Great White is putting out a second tribute to the great and mighty Led Zeppelin. This is a fantastic selection of Led Zeppelin songs. The band plays them well, Jack sings them well, and I think you're going to like them if you are a Jack Russell or Great White or Led Zeppelin fan or a fan of any combination of the three. Jack and I covered a number of topics, not just the Led Zeppelin tribute album, and I had a lot of fun talking to him. I hope you have as much fun listening to it. So let's get to that interview. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Michael's Record Collection, episode 23. I'm very happy to have with me today from Jack Russell's Great White. Jack Russell, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Michael. Appreciate it. So you have a a new release coming out August 13th. It's called uh, Great Zeppelin II, a tribute to Led Zeppelin. It comes out on CD and vinyl in a gatefold. And uh, you've already got the the first single out, Whole Lot of Love. And uh, as as you might suspect, this is a a tribute to Led Zeppelin. It's all Led Zeppelin covers. Can you just maybe walk me through? Uh, you you did a nineteen ninety eight Ze- uh, Great Zeppelin live album. Why was the time right for for a Zeppelin uh, tribute? You know, we just uh, were just thinking about it, and there was always a lot of songs that I didn't get to do on the last album, as in like Whole Lot of Love songs of of that ilk. And uh, I just felt, you know, we were sitting around not really doing much of anything else. We're working on the new album, but I felt like getting in the studio and recording. So I thought, hey, let's do another Great Zeppelin album, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, the band was all for it because they weren't really, they weren't involved in the last one and nobody in my band was. So they were all uh, excited to do it. So, uh, you know, I said, what the hell? I mean, music to me should be, you know, fun, not just, okay, well, we have to do this, we have to do that, and, and this is contractual, and we need to put out so many records per calendar year, or, you know, I mean, or, or so many original records, and, and I just want to have fun, you know, and I want to do things that I want to do musically, and if it's covering somebody else's songs, I really don't care what anybody else thinks, it's like, I want to do it, and I want to enjoy it, and, I, and, and that's exactly why we did this. That seems like something that a lot of artists do once they're established and they they feel like they're they've reached that point where they can do what they want to do. They want to they want to sing songs that that have inspired them. You're clearly very inspired by Led Zeppelin, but I want to take I want to, I want you to go back in your mind and tell me what what was the first favorite record that you had or the first song that really stuck out to you as, as far back as you can remember. Still to heaven. As a lady the glitters is gold and she's buying a stairway to heaven when she gets there she knows if the stars are all closed with the words she can get what she came for 
There's a sign on the wall But she wants to be sure Cause you know sometimes words have to mean Yeah, that was the first song that really got under my skin and just uh, I mean, really blew me away, every part of it and, and you know, the arrangement. And, and that's when I really started to appreciate arrangements because I thought, here's a song that is just amazing from start to finish, but yet it has no chorus. You know, there's no part that repeats itself, you know, lyrically. And, and it breaks all the rules as in what a song should do. A song shouldn't be 12 minutes long. You know I mean? That's just ridiculous. How are you going to put out a song that's that long, you know? Yeah. And um, it, it, it all made sense. And it really uh, showed me that there's a different way to do things. You know, you don't, you can break the mold. You don't have to uh, do things exactly the way, you know, verse, chorus, I mean, verse, uh, B section, chorus, verse, B section, chorus, solo, chorus out. You know, you don't have to do that formula. You know, you can do, you can stray from the formula and yet not have to pay a price, you know? Did you have that fourth uh, Zeppelin album on vinyl? You know, yeah, you I, had, I had all of the Zeppelin albums on vinyl. Yeah. Have, I should say. Yeah. You still, do you have the originals or you have, have you like, I still have my originals. Out. No, yeah. I still have my originals. Yeah, and they're still, they're still not scratched. That's really great because yeah. I I was as well, a kid I was <laughs> I was not gentle on my records as a child. I can tell you that. I was. I I took really good care of them. I had like I have like the plastic sleeves that go over the uh, the the you know the the shrink wrap sleeves. You know. Yeah, that's great. I I, I was never. A, taught that as a kid that you know you have to take care of things and clean your records i never knew about cleaning my records when i was, when I was yeah. younger yeah so vinyl is a different thing it's a different animal yeah i have a, have a much different approach to it nowadays who else uh, kind of inspired you you know back in the day other than led zeppelin oh aerosmith uh alice cooper uh pink floyd um the Beatles, really, I mean, the Beatles were the first band I ever really got into, you know, they're the ones that changed my life and set me on the, the direction of music, you know, if I wouldn't have been for them, I don't know if I'd have been doing music, because they were the reasons that uh, I wanted to be in a band and I wanted to uh, perform and, and, and get into the music thing. That was uh, my whole reasoning was because I wanted to be like the Beatles. When did you still, first have still wanted to be like the Beatles, you know? <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, when did you first have an inkling that you might be able to actually make a living as a musician? God, you know, when I was really young, when I was probably about six years old, um, when my parents bought me that first Beatles album, the Help album, I put it on. And I just at that point, I had this vision. I mean, literally, and I know it sounds crazy and weird and wacko, but whatever, you think what you want. Um, but I literally had a vision of what my life was going to be like. And um, I knew I was going to be a rock star. You know, what I mean, I hate that word, but I mean, it's appropriate. You know, um, so and it all fell into place. And I've never had a job uh, like a real job. You know, I've never mm -hmm. had to punch a clock. Or, and thank God, I've been really extremely lucky and blessed. You know, and it's something I don't take for granted. So you mentioned that you wanted to do some different songs than the ones that were on the live album. There are four songs that appear on both of them. Uh, right. was there, were, were there any other songs that were sort of in contention that you, that you maybe even went down the road of, of, you know, rehearsing them or, or something that didn't quite make the record? 
Uh, no, actually, what we played was on the album. And the reason the songs appeared twice were because those are songs that I felt really needed to go into the set, you know, when we played. And I, I did, because originally it was going to be a live album, um, but it was it's live in the studio, but it was going to be a live album, like a live edited concert. But unfortunately, we had a lot of technical issues with our recording equipment, and we couldn't get the recording to work right. So, you know, we had three shows that we did and uh, uh, and need, none of them came out quality enough to use for the album. So we decided to do it live at the studio, you know, under controlled conditions. We, we knew that, you know, when you push record, it's going to record, you know. Yeah. So, um, but those songs uh, we hadn't, yeah, whatever, whatever was in the set came on and it ended up on the album. With a Let's talk about the personnel on this. Uh, your guitarist, Robbie L uh, Lochner and uh, Michael Oliveri, uh, bassist, uh, Dan McNay, and drummer, uh, Dickie, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Flyzar? Flyzar. Flyzar, okay. Uh, and did you, you obviously sang. Did you also play other instruments on this? No, just percussion, you know. The track list is, is basically a, a who's who, if you will, of Zeppelin songs. You start off the, with the first single, Whole Lot of Love. Good Times, Bad Times, Misty Mountain Hop, Dancing Days, No Quarter, Cashmere, Houses of the Holy, Trampled Underfoot, Moby Dick, The Rover, Stairway to Heaven, Heartbreaker, Live in Love and Made, and Communication Breakdown. And of course, the four that were on the live album from 98 were No Quarter, The Rover, Stairway to Heaven, and Live in Love and Made. The other one that's not on the CD is Moby Dick. Was there a, was there just a, a wanted to keep it to one vinyl, or, or is there a reason where there were songs only on the cd yeah we just wanted to keep it on one vinyl um that was the reasoning behind it um and that was a record company decision it really wasn't ours um okay. if it was me i would have done i would have done a double album but you know mm -hmm. um, times being what they are and i think uh you have to make some sacrifices unfortunately yeah and it's unfortunate too because stairway's an easy cut because it's a long track right yeah I'm so, I'm a, I'm a happy uh, I'm a, I'm happy that we got a gatefold though you know at least we got that so yeah tell me about the artwork who did the the the, the crashing shark I went to actually the label that did that I was really impressed with the uh, the artwork you know I was surprised because a lot of times you let the label do stuff and and you know and you don't have a hand in it it just comes out you know kind of lackluster and I thought this came out pretty good I was I was kind of impressed you know. Yeah. Um, I just didn't have any ideas for it at this time, and then which is really weird. But I've been going through kind of a, a writer's block, kind of a weird thing in the last year. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's COVID or just you know from being locked up for all these you know months. 
um, or I just don't have any inspiration. You know, I mean, I need, I need to be out doing stuff, you know, I need yeah. to be experiencing things. And the only thing I've experienced is my couch and my remote control. You know, that's about all I've experienced, you know? It's been a mentally challenging time for uh, for everybody during this whole pandemic. And it's, I remember when we got sent home, you know, we're going to be working from home. I thought, oh, this is my opportunity. I'm going to, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to work hard. And I didn't, I just mentally, I wasn't there. I couldn't do it. I, I just, right, right. <laughs> I listened to a lot of music. I watched a lot of TV and I couldn't really be bothered with anything else. I just mentally didn't have the energy to do anything. No, so you can't, it's, it's been a real trying time for everybody, you know, and I mean, everybody, I don't know anybody that's, uh, you know, really done much positive stuff during this time, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it really, I mean, they may have started out well and, and had great intentions, but I think in the long run, everybody just kind of pooped out and went to hell with it, you know, give me the mm -hmm. remote. <laughs> Watch Tiger King, you know. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Have you been able to start booking shows and, and, and get in front of some audiences? Yeah, we have actually. Um, we're getting ready to go out this weekend again. We've, we've done a handful of shows. We've done about 15 shows so far. And uh, we're on our way to, to be working most weekends. So, you know, that's where I want it. Um, so it's uh, it's getting there. Um, it's they're, they're starting to come in. I think the more people realize the band is actually out and doing shows, the more people are coming to the table. You know, so it's it's a good thing, a good thing. More bands are playing. I'm just concerned about, you know, and I know I'm gonna ruffle some feathers right now, but there's so many people that are anti-vaxxers, you know, and and what's gonna happen is when the cold and flu season comes around again this fall, um, we're gonna have another episode of COVID and it's gonna put everybody right back to square one. We're gonna be, restaurants are gonna close, the venues are gonna close. You know, because people are going to be getting sick again. And, you know, get your vaccines, man. Come on, people. So it's a no big deal. It's a no brainer. You know, yeah. it's, it's not going to die. It's not going to kill you. I mean, they're not putting radio tracking devices in you. Just get your vaccines, man. Yeah. You know, you know, and, I, you know, let's get back to normal here. I always say if you're afraid of being tracked, that you maybe shouldn't be carrying one of these around. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's the true um, track advice. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, you're right, because I, I live in Florida and we're seeing a big upsurge with the, the Delta variant here. And so, you know, I, I'm vaccinated fully, but I'm 
I'm back to wearing masks indoors when I, whenever I can, because yeah, yeah. I don't want to break through case. And, you know, we are never going to reach herd immunity until we get to a, a high level of, of vaccinations. And right. Exactly. And people don't understand that, you know I mean? They're, and, and they say, okay, well you have to wear a mask if you're out in public, if you're not, if you're not vaccinated. Now, come on, anti-vaxxers haven't been wearing masks from the get-go. Why are they going to put masks on now? You know, so it's exactly. like, I mean, just get your vaccinations. It's not a big deal. You know, I got mine as soon as I could. Boom. Yes, you know, same. Having, I, I, I was having I was, weird, <laughs> weird reactions or anything. <laughs> yeah. I was aggravated because I, you know, once they opened it to my age group, I still couldn't get in. I was I was on online trying to trying to get in and trying to get in i finally got in i was glad to get it over yeah with it took me a while too it took me a while to get on to, to find a place i had to drive four hours each way twice wow <laughs> but i did it you know i was like hey yeah. this is how important it was to me you know yeah and yeah and it, i especially can appreciate you know people who make a living through being out in public and and being in front of people and performing that that they would need to to get that done so I understand the four hour drive. back to the record when you guys made uh or went into st studio to make this and when you were getting ready to to create this uh, zeppelin 2 great zeppelin 2 did you guys use the same instruments that zeppelin used was there any kind of a, a consideration of that or or did you just try to recreate the sounds using the your regular equipment yeah we just try to recreate the sounds i mean because everybody's comfortable playing their own axes and and you know all their own stuff and i'm not going to sit there and be a you know, a uh, uh, tyrant and say, okay, you got to play everything exactly the same way and use the exact same equipment, you know, because who knows? I mean, it, everybody plays differently, you know, and, and to get pages sound, you may have to, you know, use a different guitar, you know, and you may have, you may have to use a different amp that he used to get his sound just because you don't play the same way. You yeah. know, it's, it's hard to, uh, to, uh, tell somebody what guitar to play when you know they're, they're familiar and they're going to play their best on their own their own uh guitars you know mm -hmm. but uh, you know we we did play man style instruments we didn't play any weird off brands or you know at least the guys played real instruments like les pauls and and you know strats and tellies and you know so it was uh it was man's men's guitars you know yeah oh well, the reason i asked is because i think that 
the guitar sounds particularly are are very close. I think you guys did a good job of of yeah. covering those those page sounds. So yeah, I thought so as well. And that's not always the easiest thing to do, you know. How were the guitar parts sort of divvied up between uh, you know Robbie and Michael? I'm I'm not as familiar with your your current lineup. Well, Michael's not in the band. Michael just came in the in for the Zeppelin shows. Oh, okay. Because he's uh, there was a lot of keyboards on this record. And Tony wasn't as proficient uh, on the keyboards as Michael was for a live mm -hmm. show. So we used uh, Michael to do the live gigs, you know what I mean? And uh, we thought, well, he already knows the songs. Let's just keep him for the uh, studio album. Yeah. So we did that. Um, uh, well, you know, they were just how we did uh, the songs. You know I mean? Whoever, Robbie played most of the solos. You know, I, I think um, the, the rhythm guitar was uh, left to, uh, to uh, Michael. You know, and there, of course, we know there's not a lot of rhythm guitar on Zeppelin songs. I mean, there is, um, but Paige didn't do too many uh, overdubs, you know. There's yeah. a lot of songs left just power trio and a vocal, you know. So how much of the great Zeppelin II um, record will be in the live shows? We, uh, we, were, we have two songs right now we're putting in. Um, and you know, we'd want to make it that heavy, you know, all all the Zeppelin stuff. Because I mean, it is it is a tribute album, and it's just something we did for fun. Mm -hmm. And we're not out there trying to sell a million copies, you know. We sell what we sell, and and it's just for our fans, you know. We're not trying. I said we're not trying to go up the charts with it or anything. It's just something we did, and, and if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And you know, um, so be it. It's as, as I said, it's like all all of our stuff is for the fans, you know. And this is more for the hardcore fans. Hardcore fans that are fans of Zeppelin, you know. As a vocalist, what did you find the most challenging song to do? Oh God, probably like House of the Holy. There's some really uh, strenuous parts in there. Um, and my voice is not as high as it was, you know, five years ago. You know, I've, I've lost a couple uh, notes in my range. It's, I'm sad to say, but you know, happens to everybody, I'm 60 now, so I can't expect to sound like I'm 25, you know? You can't, no, but, you uh, can't be 60, you can't. Yeah, no, I am 60, yeah. <laughs> No, you can't be 60, because that means I'm getting old too. Yeah, I know. That's why I teach telling people that. I go, you can't be 50, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and it's like, you know, we're all getting there. and uh, But, uh, you know, for the most part, it, it, it works. So, uh, you know, I don't have too many problems with it. So, <laughs> it, gets, it gets by. Is there one that you enjoy singing more than the others? God, on this record, what was the one I really liked? Uh, trampled her foot. I really got I had a great time doing that because I've always wanted to do that song, you know. And it yeah. came out later in their catalog, and it wasn't like we were playing shows at that time where I wasn't doing any uh, backyard parties or anything in my cover bands. So you know, it wasn't I didn't really have the opportunity to play that song. So this gave me the opportunity to do so. Yeah, that's just a fun 
crunchy song. They really it's like long. It. Yeah. It's long. There's a lot of freaking words. Yeah, there's it, a lot it, of a lot of lyrics. It's been so long. I've been like, okay, what what comes up next? What part comes up next? You know, because I had to learn them all. They do it live. It wasn't like I sit there with cheat sheets. You know. Yeah. I had to memorize it all. And man, it took a while to memorize that stuff. I don't know whether I'm getting older, whether it's just a long song. Check that heaven. It's uh, I think it's a long song. Hey. You can't like you can't take a teleprompter on the stage with you. No, you can't. No, at least I, well, I can't. Axel can. I can. <laughs> Obviously, you're you're no pun intended here. You're not one to shy away from doing a cover. You're you know, a huge hit with with Once Bit and Twice Shy from Ian Hunter. Yeah. Your Zep fandom is well established after two cover albums. Are there any other bands you would consider doing? Uh, you know, uh, covering. Uh, you know, in your sure. career, I would love to do an Aerosmith thing one day. I love to do a Beatles thing. You know, I love to do a Beach Boys thing. Um, you know, it's uh, whether I'll ever get the time to do that. You know, who knows? I mean, there's so many records I have to make. I still, I still, we're still got to get the new studio album out. You know, and that's hmm. we're putting another album out, um, which has like a half of Dante Fox stuff and and half of other covers. Uh, the record company wants me to do it so I thought okay well I'll do it for them you know yeah. um, for a nominal fee I'll do this for you and um, you know it, it's something I thought would be fun to do it has some really cool covers on it but you know more about that later but you know it's and and that then I got to do the new studio album which is something I've, I've been putting off and putting off and and you know we've got it about halfway done uh, written and you know it's still just uh, I'm not rushing it because I want it to be a really good album. I don't want it to be like, okay, well, I got to get this out real quick. I mean, come on, the last one was out in 2017. I was hoping to have an album out in 2018. You know, it just didn't happen that way. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't want to, the album I thought that came out in 2017, you saw it coming, was such a good record. And I didn't want to put something out that was not of the same quality, you know, song-wise. So it, it, it's really been difficult. I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be a hard act to follow when I did it, but I didn't realize how much so it was going to be, you know, and, and this last year having this whole writer's block thing has just stumped me. I was like, okay, now what do I do? I can't think of anything, you know? Yeah. I was going to ask you about that because it has been since uh, 2017 when he saw it come and came out. It was a very, uh, had a lot of variety on that album, a lot of variety yeah, of styles and things. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you sort of in the same headspace for the new album then? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think uh, there's going to be some heavier stuff on it. Um, 
but for the most part, you know, it's, it's, it's just going to be a rock and roll record, you know? Um, but it's definitely going to be eclectic as well. That's just the way I write, you know, I don't like mm -hmm. to write the same song over and over and over again, yeah. you know, I mean, with different lyrics. I mean, it's, you kind of got to take whatever comes and, you know, make it work. If it's, if it's a workable song, you know, mm -hmm. um, and there's some really good ideas we have. Uh, there's a great, great blues song I wrote. And uh, it's probably one of the better songs I've written in my career. And I'm really excited about that one. And there's a, a couple other ones. There's like an ACDC type song. And, and that's really cool. Um, you know, so it, I'm excited to have that, to, to go in and work on that, you know. But mm -hmm. I got to get these other obligations finished first. And, and which won't take a long time, but it just, I just got to get them done in, in the order I need to get them done in. So. Yeah. Are you hearing any newer artists that, that sort of are, are creeping into you, your writing stylistically? Nope. Yeah. I haven't heard anything I've liked in years. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think new music's just dog shit, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't think it's uh and that sounds horrible. And I don't mean every single band. I don't mean all the bands that are up and trying to come up. And I just think uh, what's currently being played, you know, and, and shown on, uh, you know, American Music Awards or uh, the Grammys and things like that. I think it's just all shit. You know, I don't mm -hmm. uh, personally like it. I think uh, our best music was written in the 70s and the 80s, you know, mm -hmm. um, and the 60s. You, know, you want to go back to that. But I mean, the 70, the 80s, uh, that was a time where, you know, music was at its peak, I think. I think it reached its pinnacle in the 80s, and, and you know, that was about it. You know, yeah. I mean, the 90s was kind of dark and morose, and at least for me, there was some good bands. There was a handful, mm -hmm. you know, albeit, you know, there was uh, some great songs, but not to the uh, extent of the 80s. I mean, and I'm, I'm obviously, I'm an 80s fan, mm -hmm. not just because that's where I, I live, but you know, it's just, it was a great generation musically, you know? Yeah. It's, it's being part of that scene that was popular in that time. How do you view grunge looking back? How do you view that whole thing? Yeah, I think it was needed, you know, to kind of like break up a log jam, you know, of music because music was kind of stuck, mm -hmm. you know, it was the same songs being written over and over and over again. And all the bands were trying to sound like their, their bands that they liked. And, you know, like 19 Molly Cruz and 20 Guns N' Roses and 10 Great Whites and, you know, 15 Cinderella's. And I mean, you know, it went on from there. So it all got to be sounding pretty, you know, uh, homogenized. And um, it needed to be changed. You know, I, I wish something would have came in besides grunge to take it over. But, you know, it, it needed a change. I mean, it really did. It needed to be kind of just uh, the rivers need to be unclogged. Yeah, it seemed like everything that was getting released was coming from straight off the Sunset Strip at that time. Yeah, pretty much. And, and, and you know, you had a lot of bands moving to California just to be a L.A. band, you know. And then it became a everybody in Seattle was getting signed after that. So, you know, that was it. Yeah. If you're in Seattle, you're cool and you got signed. You know, if you weren't if you weren't from there, you moved to Seattle. Yeah. The record companies have always been like that something hits and everybody wants to you know jump on that success and ride that wave and it's exactly exactly right my friend that's yeah. exactly what happens and that's the downfall of music it will always be you know mm -hmm. it wasn't like that in the 60s you know you had a you know you put a concert on there it was like santana led zeppelin the who you know you had a janice joplin you know you had 
all these different bands that sound nothing like other Moby Grape and, you know, all these bands that, that you know, had nothing to do with one another. And mm-hmm. went to a concert and you experienced all different styles of music and it was great. People got into them all, you know, and, mm-hmm. and nowadays, you know, you have a certain audience for each style of music. You have a certain dress, you know, you got to wear these clothes and, and look like this. And, you know, if you're into this kind of music, you got to wear these clothes and dress like this and talk like this. And, you know, it, it's it's a whole counterculture, you know. Yeah. Even within metal, it's like that. Even di- different oh, kinds yeah. of metal have different affectations. Oh, yeah. you, have, you have your heavy metal, you know, I mean, you like war and bands <laughs> like that, you know, and, and you, you wear animal skins and whatever, you know. <laughs> I don't your know death you metal are. and your black metal and your thrash metal they all have different different uh, costumes but uh, yeah. even the the early to mid 80s were like that when MTV started they had no choice but they they had to fill 24 hours they would just if you sent them a video they would put it on at first and and it that's what was great you didn't know what the next thing was coming you you would see you know something like Duran Duran and then you would see a punk song and then you would see a you know maybe uh a Judas Priest video after that. And, and I think it's reflected if you look at the festivals, if you, even if you look at the um, live aid, what a varied uh, lineup that was. And then you had uh, the us festival with different, you know, themes on different days. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then that was great. Rock was great. Rock was, uh, you know, coming up to its pinnacle at that point, you know, yeah. and, uh, it, it was, like it should be, you know, all different styles of music with all different types of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, it's more fun that way, you know. Yeah. Diversity is a good thing. I know you probably hate this question. I have to ask it. it has, we're not going to use the R word, but has there been any thawing at all between you and your, your former great white bandmates at all over the years? No, no. And that's not on this end. That's on their end. They, uh, they don't want anything to do with me. And, and, you know, that's, uh, I guess it's fine. You know, it's sad. It really is. I mean, I miss my, uh, my friend Mark Kendall most. I mean, I really do. I miss him a lot. I think about him quite often, and uh, you know, because we spent uh, a great portion of our lives together, and and you know, we accomplished something that only a few people accomplish. Mm-hmm. And there are memories that I only have with him. You know, I can only say, "Hey, you remember that time we did this?" You know, I can't go to my guitar player and go, "Hey, you remember that time that me and Mark did this?" You know, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, and you you know, I don't have anybody to share those with, and it's sad. I can't pick up a phone and sit there and just reminisce about the old times. You know, we don't need to play together. You know yeah. I mean, that's fine, you know, but I just wish I had him uh, for a friend, you know, but 
oh well so be it it is what it is and you know he's gonna do what he's gonna do and and people want to hold grudges i can't i can't do anything about it you know yeah well, it's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that, but, uh, yeah, you know, sorry to say it. So when somebody brings great Zeppelin two home and they pop it in their CD player on their turntable, they listen to it. You obviously did this for fun. How do you want them to feel when they're done giving this album a listen? I want them to say, yeah, I had a lot of fun listening to that. You know, yeah. that's what I want. I want them to enjoy the songs as, as they were meant to be enjoyed and, and go, God, man, that guy sings pretty good. You know I mean? He sounds kind of like Robert Plant, you know? <laughs> that's the hope anyway yeah not bad for a 60 year old i think not bad yeah <laughs> uh jack when you know when you're talking about the next uh jack russell's great white album you know obviously you said you're halfway through you know do you have a projected maybe target date to, that you might start recording um you know honestly i can't even be i i can't answer that honestly so i'm not gonna um sooner than than uh, i hope for that way yeah you look back over your catalog. Do you have a, a favorite album or a favorite song? Yeah, I would have to say the favorite album is uh, Can't Get There From Here or He Saw It Coming. Those are my two favorites so far. Mm -hmm. Favorite song would probably be Rock Me. You know, I think that song encompasses everything that Great White was about. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, uh, it has the blues, it has the rock, it has the vocals, it has the harmonies. You know, everything that Great White was about, dynamics and, and bluesiness and, and, you know, good hooks. And I think it, it uh, really shows what the band was all about in one song. You know, if I had to pick a song to represent Great White in the Olympics, that would be it. Yeah, and it's unlike a lot of the songs that were popular at the time, it doesn't sound dated. It still sounds like a fresh song. No, you're right. It's still, it stood the test of time, you know, and uh, I'm happy to say that it, uh, it, it does, it does meet the criteria to uh, be a song that could come out, you know, this week, you know, yeah. if songs that good were coming out this week. <laughs> <laughs> Are you tired of, of Once Bitten, Twice Shy? Are you tired of that song? I was tired of that song the first time I sang it. <laughs> Do you still play it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I get stoned if I didn't, you know? <laughs> I always wonder that. I know there there are artists who turn the page and say that's, that's behind us now. There are other artists that feel chained to their hits 
Um, and, I, and I always wonder how hard it is to walk that line between, you know, doing something that makes that's exciting to you and doing something that, you know, is exciting for, you know, the fans that are coming to their first show and seeing you for the first time. And they haven't had all this, uh, this uh, these opportunities to hear the song over and over. again. Well, you know, for me, every night's a different night and a different audience. So, I mean, I still have fun playing the song like I play it like I first time I sang it, you know, mm -hmm. every night. You know, I may not rehearse it, but, you know, um, when it's time to do the show, I, I take it like it's the first time I sang it and I have a blast doing it. I don't, uh, I'm not out there going, God, I hate this song. You know, it's just <laughs> get over with. Let's cut some parts out of it. You know, yeah. that's not like, that's not the way I work. So, you know, I don't operate like that. Have you ever talked to Ian Hunter about, about the song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, he had said, he's, he had said, um, he was out one time on the road and, and, kids are coming up to him and saying, how can we play that great white song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the, the great white version was much more popular, at least in this country, for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, he made a lot of money off us, you know, so he's, he's happy. <laughs> well, I'm glad you could make him happy. That's great. I, I will ask you this. I know you said you don't listen to a lot of the newer stuff. What's the last album you listened to? The last album I listened to, this is, oh, it was Dirt by Alice in Chains. Okay. Talking about grunge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was talking about grunge. I'm, I'm all listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were, yeah, I mean, there, there were a few bands that I liked out of that era. I'm not saying everything that came out of the grunge scene was bad or I didn't yeah. like it. You know, I can, I can never like, you know, unvalidate somebody's music. You know what I mean? I can't say, well, your music wasn't valid. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. all valid, you know, whether it floats my boat or not, it's a different story, you know, but, yeah. you know, there, I thought the Alice Change was a great band. They were one of the few bands I liked that, that whole genre. Yeah. When you are writing an album, do you avoid listening to music? No, actually, I don't. Uh, I, I listen to it as much as I, you know, ever listen to it, you know, which I go through phases. I'll listen to music for six months every single day, and then I'll just drop it. I won't listen to anything for six months. Mm -hmm. it's uh really weird i don't understand why i am the way i am i used to listen to music every single day but i'm just i don't know i'm i'm not that guy anymore you know and uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing i i don't know yeah it probably isn't a good thing considering my, what i do but you know um it's worked for me so far so i'm not gonna at this point i'm not gonna change the way i do things you know mm -hmm. i'm just i'm stuck in my rut and that's it you know <laughs> If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? That's it. And I don't know if it's broke or not, so we're just going to leave it at that. Uh, fair enough. Great Zeppelin 2, a tribute to Led Zeppelin, comes out August 13th on CD and vinyl and digital. Jack Russell, it's been great talking to you. I really appreciate your time. And, um, My you pleasure. Know, anytime. I wish you the best of luck with the album. Thank you very much, Michael. I appreciate you having me on your show, and great luck with your continued success, you know? Michael's Record Collection is hosted and produced by Michael Citro. Logo graphic courtesy of Jerry Cutchins. Follow Michael's Record Collection on social media, at Mike's Records on Twitter, and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you like what you hear, you can support the show through our Patreon at patreon.com slash Michael's Record Collection. For the free newsletter version, go to substack.com and just type Michael's Record Collection into the search bar. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.